What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 181 this week, featuring my guest Dominic Delaney, who is a singer-songwriter out of Lake Worth, Florida. Uh, He's presently signed to Interstate Records Artists. Um, He released his first full-length album in 2021, and he's got a new one out in 22 as well. The new one is called For Life. Uh, Dominic says that he models his sound after uh, punk rock artists such as Frank Turner, the Menzingers, Fogging Molly, and Dropkick Murphys. Uh, he's currently getting ready and gearing up for a tour of the Northeast via the Amtrak train. So we talked uh, pretty extensively about that, as well as some of our mutual interests. I featured the songs For Life and Haunted Halls on this episode, so if you like them, you definitely check them out wherever you stream music. And uh, if you're friends or fans of Dominic's, hopefully you find the uh, conversation entertaining. Um, as always, uh, thanks for listening and thanks for supporting local music. Um, if this is your first time listening to the show. Definitely feel free to drop a rating or uh, find us on any of the socials. I will also put the links to Dominic's music in the episode notes, so you should be able to find them there. And then uh, only a few things I usually mention is uh, if you are in the DMV, Part-Time Rockstar Productions is going and uh, doing video content, music videos, stuff like that. Uh, there's also a merch store for this podcast, which is in the notes. And then Truly Strings is the sponsor of the show out of Laurel, Maryland where I take all my guitars, and uh, yeah, Stephen does a great job. Without any further uh, talking, we'll get to the conversation with Dominic. Messing with something here. I'm just making sure I was recording. And I no turned it off. But yeah, um, I'm Brett, so nice to meet you. Hey, Brett. Nice to meet you, man. You're down in uh, sunny and warm Florida, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I live in a place called Lake Worth. I'm by like West Palm Beach in South Florida. That's what's up. Yeah. Like, like it down there or nah? Uh, you know, I've grown up down here. It's like, I, I grew up surfing, uh, yeah. I love the beach. Um, but they've like the, the prices down here just to live are crazy now. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous to try and rent a place. Um, so it's a love hate thing. I, I don't know if I'll be able to be in Florida for much longer. Yeah. Um, but it, it has its ups and downs. How far are you from uh, Miami? About maybe like 45 minutes. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, another expensive city. And I don't know if it's uh, necessarily great for music, but uh, it seems it, uh, you, fun when I've be, been down there. Uh, there's actually, there's a thing going on. Yeah, there's a thing going around today. Of, there used to be a venue down there called Churchill's. And uh, it used to be a really great place to play. 
And um, I guess today the building's been like closed for the past couple of years. And today they put like a coming soon Chili's oh, wow. sign on top of it. So people are kind of sharing that around it there. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, uh, COVID took a lot of venues for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just glancing at your uh, profile from uh, some of the stuff you sent, it kind of looked like you get get around a little bit. Uh, yeah, I like to do my fair share of touring. Uh, touring's kind of one of my favorite things about playing live music, for sure. Yeah, it seemed like you uh, might have even had a, a song title along those lines. Um, yeah. It was, uh, I'd rather be on tour, I believe. Yep. Um, so. That was... We, we wanted to add... Um, when we just put this album out in September, we wanted to add like an extra song and um, somebody recorded one of my shows when we were in New Orleans on tour. And nice. um, and yeah, that one just kind of came together. Uh, I was on tour with this band called The Shake. I did a lot of touring with them last year and uh, me and their lead singer, Ricky, were talking about like we had this like one week break in between our two tours and I texted him one day. I was like, man, I'd rather be back on tour. And uh, he was like, someone should write a song about that. I was like, okay. And so I did. And that's what that one was. Yeah, I just tried to uh, look up The Shake, and it actually came out with a... I didn't realize The Menzingers, one of my favorite bands, just released a song called The Shakes. So said uh, that. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a banging tune, too. I love The Menzingers as well. It's um, awesome. Yeah, I actually got to play the same day. They were they played a festival down here called Sing Out Loud Festival in a city called St. Augustine, and I got to play it the same day as them. It was wow. them. Hot water, hot water music was there. Uh, it was it was a good show. That's awesome. Yeah, St. Augustine is a beautiful place. Um, were you playing as the Shake or playing as uh, solo? So I was playing solo. Um, when I toured with the Shake, I was their opener um, for a okay. lot of their shows. Um, but when, when I play full band shows, their lead singer, Ricky is my drummer. So, Hell yeah. um, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of bandmate sharing that goes on down here from the South Florida bands. Nah, man, that's what you gotta do. I, I just call it, you know, incest, music incest, whatever you want to call <laughs> yeah. it. Everybody just plays for everybody. That's kind of, yeah, exactly. Until the, uh, one of the horses pulls ahead of the others, I guess gets a little pretty much. Our bass player, uh, it's funny, he says that he only plays in five bands right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's true. I mean, when I first met him, he was playing in like 10. Yeah. Those bass players and those drummers, they get around. Yeah, man. It's, I've started to, I've, well, I've also started to do a little bit of my own like production and stuff. And uh, I was like, I got to buy a bass. Like, I need to yeah. at least have have one you know oh yeah for sure when you say production do you mean audio or do you mean something else yeah audio um you know when i in my early 20s i had played around with like fl studio and um what's the other one uh like ableton and stuff right. and um that was like i had a lot of different like midi controllers and stuff i wasn't really playing too much guitar at the time um and then uh now I've started to kind of dive into Pro Tools and 
I want to get Logic um, eventually. That's what we did the album on. Um, Ricky yeah. from The Shake also yeah. produced it. You know, Logic's just kind of the standard. Um, so yeah, yeah, just kind of be. I want to. I want to be able to at least create uh, demos, good enough demos that uh, I could take some of the workload out of the studio. Um, no, that, sure. that's kind of the goal. Yeah, no, I uh, definitely agree. I started doing it just honestly with GarageBand. It's good mm-hmm. enough. Like, yeah, that's where I mean I still uh, use that like drummer. You can set that yeah, up. Yeah. Um, Kyle, fucking Kyle. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. use that to to get a template for like what I want the drums to sound like. Yeah, I just like how you can send the basic di tracks without you know any of the plugins and then you know right basically re-plug them in again if you want or you can yeah use, you can use the plugins i mean these days half of them are so good it's like doesn't seem to matter yeah i um my first kind of like dive into any sort of recording was um my first album came out in 20. 21 i think and Mm. it was recorded in like the height of covid and with that like uh i couldn't go to a studio so i had to go out and like buy a little it's like the little scarlet interface thing it's just like a little two channel interface um and essentially i would have to record my stems and then send them to the producer who yeah exactly (laughs) yeah perfect and yeah so that's what i did the whole first album on um just kind of emailing files and doing like zoom meetings um about that album and um that's kind of why i wanted to release my second one so close after it was because like almost immediately after releasing it um and are we talking about the started to work again so or no, so this was my first album called Yeah, this was the Marrow in My Bones. Um it was like my first full band recording that I was putting out and it was a full length. And mm-hmm. um immediately after putting it out, like the world started to happen again and we were able to do shows and while we were playing the songs live, I was like the these songs that we're playing live are not the same songs that I put out on that first album. Like yeah. Just because yeah. I was so detached from playing them live that it came out sounding, you know, I, I, I have a lot of love for those songs, but when we play them live, they're much different now. Um, so that's why I wanted to release the second one as soon as I did. And, um, you know, that one has been a lot of fun to play. We've been doing a lot more full band shows and that one's been a lot of fun. That's what's up. Well, it seems to be getting uh, at least a few spins on spotify i mean like both albums so getting a little traction yeah there. yeah yeah they uh you know they, they i'm glad that they have um like i almost look at i want to see how many people listen to it and like i see some people come back and that's always good to know yeah. um but at the same time um my ricky uh always says because uh, we're actually planning to go back on tour this month um but he always says he's like uh tell an artist that spotify does not validate or invalidate you as an artist 
Um, and I think yeah. that is a fair and important assessment. Um, you know, I, 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 it's another thing that I have a love hate relationship. Like I'm glad that my songs do relatively well for a musician at my status. Um, but you know, I would much rather all those people come to the show. Um, oh yeah. And stuff like that, that that's kind of the disconnect. And, and it's something I've read a couple articles that were put out recently uh, about how it seems that the live music scene, um, you know, it seems like the infrastructure is ready to come back, but the crowds are coming back in very like different ways than they were before. Like there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say in- entitlement, but there's this one article that was putting down crowds essentially. And I think that's kind of something of just where you go and where you are. Um, yeah. but you know, I, I could definitely say that it's not the same as before yet, you know, as before COVID or anything, but, um, you know, it, it's definitely something that is, is worthy of keeping an eye on. Yeah. I mean, I guess speaking from my own experience, I guess you just got to evolve. I don't know. Yeah. And if you're lucky. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I, th- I think that putting on putting on a live show is always my top priority. Um, yep. And when that like was taken away, um, that everybody kind of was like, "Oh, you must be writing so many songs right now and all that type of stuff." Um, but I was kind of like, "No, like I have nothing inspiring happening happening right now." And I think we were all waiting for like this big uh, day. Like everybody yeah. can go back and do stuff, and then we quick, quick, quickly realized that wasn't going to happen. Um, you know, so it's still kind of been weird in certain places. Like, I mean, we're going to New York at the end of the month, and we had to like check their restrictions because their COVID restrictions are still different, much different than Florida. Like Florida. Yeah. Uh, we we were we were kind of lax with our stuff. Um, yeah, we we didn't really pull our weight. Um, but yeah, New York. We, but we still have to keep an eye on that type of stuff, and it does cause issues. Like one of the shows on our last tour was canceled because the venue owner claimed of of COVID issues. Um, hmm. And like we had driven four hours from New York to Boston to get there. It was bad. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Because probably a little easier in the warmer months than trying to tour in the winter on the East coast. But lately things seem like they're pretty much back to normal for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, I think it was probably New York was the only, uh, New York and Philadelphia. There were a couple stores. We just didn't have, uh, we didn't have mask, um, which we, we should have, but, um, yeah i know we never we ended up not um because we were in an rv and so we were kind of just like this little self-contained rolling machine and um but we didn't realize those stores required them um so there are there are still some signs that there's covid but for the most part as far as like the actual traveling aspect of touring which was like the big question mark you know, like there were question marks about if we were going to be able to get an RV 
um, and things like that. You guys um, normally rent one, or you got somebody, you got like a friend. So this was the first time any of us had been in an RV, and I, we had ended up getting a sponsor, and they gave us essentially, uh, we rented it, but they gave us essentially like fifty percent off or something. That was their like sponsorship, which was cool. That's I mean, it was sweet. it was yeah. pretty expensive, yeah. um, but um, and the whole thing with this tour was. Uh, we filmed the entire thing. We brought along a guy to do it, and it's going to be released as like an episode thing on the Shakes YouTube channel. So, not going to give away pretty, too much of it, but the RV is a main character in these episodes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it cool. was. It started out as our friend, and then about halfway through the tour, it turns into our enemy. It is so. <laughs> it, it's a great thing. But I've started to realize that, you know, like, if an RV breaks down, it's not like, oh, shit, uh, my car broke down. It's like, no, dude, your car and your house broke down. <laughs> um, yeah. So there are definitely ups and downs to the RV life. I think, like, for this tour we're doing in January, this tour is another weird one um, in January. I thought it would be really cool to do a tour just on Amtrak trains. Yeah, um, could work. I, th I, the, my thinking, I thought about it like a year and a half ago. And I was like, well, I've toured in cars, vans, by plane. Um, like the only land based mode of transportation is trains. And originally I looked, and Amtrak does this thing where for $500 you get 10 train rides. And I was like, that's pretty cool. But then when I looked at the Northeast, I didn't even need to get that. Like, I'm going from, like, Providence, Rhode Island to Boston. That Amtrak train's like, $7. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy. So, um, but, yeah, so now we're back to uh, – we do get hotels. Sometimes there's, like, like DIY spots that um, will, like, put you up and whatnot. But other than that, it's, like, in hotels or hostels if I'm by myself. Um are you bringing yeah, the van? The amp nope. So it's literally just... Uh, You're just doing solo? Yeah. Uh, well, so the band's going to come to New York for the first like few days we're there. Um, we have a recording thing at this studio called Least of All, uh, where it's like a direct-to-vinyl yeah. pressing. Um, so we're doing that. Uh, we got a couple of New York shows, and then they're flying back home. And then I'm going off solo from New York to Connecticut and then doing the rest of uh, the upper Northeast. Um, I'll, and those ones I'll be doing solo. So Yeah, I know, um, I know a couple of people have done the, the vinyl thing. I actually have a, a date in March. I was kind of looking at it. Yeah. I wasn't sure exactly what it was. It's um, yeah, uh, little, yeah, it looks really cool. A little different than I thought. Um, they were saying something like, uh, one take per vinyl so yeah so the way it works is um yeah each record is a unique take um right. so like for instance i have a song called broken finger and um they i kind of knew that one was going to sell a couple um and if four people order it that means i have to play broken finger four times yeah um because there's no duplication at, um, at all. And I thought that was really cool. I thought that was like a cool way to have like uh, the single be more than just a single. Yeah. Um, 
So I like that. But um, I haven't really announced this too much. But after those, then I'm going to actually have my last album for life on vinyl as well. So um, that's something uh, that's my New Year's resolution is to up my merch game this year. Um, Not a bad resolution. Some new things. Yeah, I was surprised they could, yeah. they have as much vinyl as they have because obviously it's been back ordered and all that for yeah. a while. So like, I don't know. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things I'm cautious about with uh with announcing any of those things. Like, I don't want to guarantee any sort of dates on that type yeah. of stuff because I've heard I've heard of the people who are like, yeah, your your album will be there in a month, uh, and then they're waiting for yeah. six months. You know, so I don't want to, the way I'm going to do it is I'm just going to order them and have them in stock. And once I get them, I will advertise them <laughs> and just kind of, yeah. kind of eat the system that way. Seems like a, a safe strategy. Yeah. I, the pre-order thing is cool with the least of all stuff. Like we've, I think we only have about maybe five or six um, left before we like sell out. Um, which like selling out is kind of essentially with them. It's, uh, done by time. So it's like, I think it's like four hours or something. So, um, they set a, they set a limit at like 25 or something like that. And I think we only have like five or so left. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to do those. It'll also be like the first time that the actual band will be, um, playing on a recording together because, Like, Rocky and Ricky played drums and bass on the last album, but a lot of the guitar, most all of the guitar, was me and Ricky. Um, and now we have our lead guitar player, whose name is Billy Doom, and despite how scary that name is, he's a very nice guy. Um, and a crazy good guitar player. Like, this guy's a monster. Yeah. Um, so it'll be cool. It'll be, it'll be good to have everybody on a record and, uh, you know, Something I can show my grandparents at next Christmas and be like, look, I actually yeah. do this. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty so cool. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Well, um, usually what I do on the podcast here is I feature a couple songs. Uh, usually, you know, your pick. Usually one at the beginning and one at the end. I wasn't sure uh, which ones you might want to go with. Mom. Mm-hmm. I naturally listen to like for life and uh haunted halls and uh fuck florida which i just thought was obviously gonna be kind of funny but, <laughs> I don't know. uh yeah definitely like for life um for life is is the big song from that album um and then yeah dealer's choice on whatever the second one is did you pick that works uh, do you have yeah. any? St- story? I think uh, with with fuck, I said I was gonna, I was gonna say that I think fuck Florida. Um, we put it on the pre order for the least of all thing, and a couple people did order it. Um, we on the album, it's it's just acoustic, but we have since worked out a full band version, so it's actually gonna be like a full on full band punk song. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited for that. So. Yeah, it just occurred to me right now that with. With that title and that song, you sort of have a day to remember to compete with a little bit. <laughs> if you think of uh, oh, yeah. All Signs Lead to Fort yeah. Lauderdale or whatever that song yeah. is. Yeah. So I, I just thought of that right That's now. True. A very, I'm 
Very different songs, obviously, but similar pressing, yeah. which is kind of funny. It's like, yeah, that's it's, where. Yeah, but when it comes to the context, though, like yeah, like fuck Florida, but I do love Florida. <laughs> yeah, I can that's see how it's like a the love and hate thing. thing. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I definitely get like a lot of uh, questions about like, is Florida man like a real thing? Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, Florida man happens all the time. <laughs> it, it, it's a weird state. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. Well, it looks like you sent over um, hopeless final. Or, I mean, yeah, hopeless hope- and uh, haunted halls as well. So, like, I'll probably do one of those too. Word. Yeah, hope uh hopeless is uh um it's kind of ruins a surprise, I guess, but it's the it's gonna be the opener for a lot of the shows that we're doing in the upcoming tour. Um and then Haunted Halls was like the first uh actual music video that I ever did. Um like where we went to like an actual studio and filmed uh, all that stuff. Oh, is that out um, already? Because I found the one of you uh just yeah. laying on the beach. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, Haunted Halls is on my YouTube channel as well. Um, the one with me on the beach, like, uh, was the most professional I had been, and that was still done with just, like, a cell phone. Like, um, yeah. I was never, like, a music video guy. Um, I think I'm going to try and probably do a couple from this album. But, yeah, yeah, this was definitely by far the, the most professional I had done. Yeah, I mean, uh, it looks pretty good, um, just from checking it out now, well shot. Um, personally, I I like doing music videos um, on either side yeah. of, of the camera. It's just kind of fun to come up with a, a theme and an idea and see which see what uh, you can do with it. Um, I noticed, too, you got the Frank Turner shirt on in, uh, in the video. Have you uh, yeah. come across the old... The old Frank out in the wild at all? I have. I have. Yeah, I've got to meet Frank a few times. I got, I have plenty. I think, like, this arm is completely Frank tattoos. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, Frank's the man. Uh, he's somebody that I, I arguably talk about too much. Um, but his songwriting was something that kind of pulled me back into wanting to do this. Like, there was a yeah. long period of there's a couple years where like I would play guitar every month, maybe, you know, and I just wasn't into doing it. And, um, Frank's songwriting kind of like changed the the ideas that I had of what like songs were. Um, and that's when I was like, Oh, right. I used to do this and write like my own songs. And then I went back to it. And like the first few songs I wrote again were awful. Like, um, I tell, I always tell people that cause like they get, people are like scared to write a bad song. I'm like you have to write bad songs to eventually write not bad songs. Yeah. I um, think you just, you don't have to release them. So yeah, exactly. Like I have, I have CDs, I have, I have CDs from songs I wrote when I was like 13. And if anybody like finds them, I'm going to have like, I'm going to hire ninjas and have them assassinated. <laughs> like no one can ever hear those songs. They're terrible. But, um, but yeah, and, and Frank was like a big kind of catalyst for the for that, and um, you know, like I I count my shows kind of like how how he does. Um, I'm quite a couple thousand behind him, but yep. uh, um, 
yeah, I kind of just kind of liked the ethos of like not waiting around for someone to kind of hand you anything. If like if you want to tour, go book a tour. If you want to play shows, go play shows. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of that's something that I took to heart. And um, when I I remember like the day I heard he said in an interview he said if you want to tour, go book one. I was like, oh shit, you can do that. Like yeah. I can just email yeah. these people. Um. So yeah, big Frank fan. Yeah, same man. I mean, uh, I I could uh, also ramble about him a bit. Um, his his books were good too. If you ever had a chance to read those, yeah, they're pretty I inspiring. Did, I, I do. I got um my copy of The Road Beneath My Feet signed. Um, nice. And I'm I'm like a nerd when I read. Like I highlight in my books and stuff. And so yeah. like Frank saw that I'm essentially a psychopath. Uh, when he looked in my book, um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I did like the other one too, the the songwriting one. That was a good one. Yeah, I thought that maybe the wildest thing was, well, I guess what's cool in the first place is he answers his emails, which yeah. I guess he said in the book, and I was like, oh, that, that's interesting, because I, um, for some reason, I was reading, uh, literally at the time I got one of his albums, I was reading Jack Kerouac, on the road. Mm-hmm. Or I had read it within the last month or so, and um, you know I also like to highlight some passages, mm-hmm. and you know one of them I highlighted was like the one, of course, that he put like in the album sleeve. So I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, hey man, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yeah. Frank, Frank's the man, and Frank's uh, also. One of my favorite things about Frank Turner is um, all the other artists that I've discovered from liking Frank Turner. Like you brought up the Menzingers. Right. Um, I hadn't heard of them until uh, they were on a tour with Frank. And then there was also another, uh, he was originally a solo act, but now he's a band from uh, Pittsburgh called the Homeless Gospel Choir. Oh, uh, who I also saw on that tour, you know. Um, so many, so many different musicians that I got into kind of, because like yeah. he does like Lost yeah. Evenings Festival and stuff. Um, yeah, he's good about changing up who he brings out with him. I know I've become a fan of quite a number of bands, like you're saying. Um, yeah. Will Varley kind of stood out when I saw him one time. He was just yeah. one funny fucker, honestly. That was just... He's somebody I wanted to see live, and he was down at the fest, um, I think, last year, and I missed it. And... Um, but yeah, Will Varley is an, an amazing songwriter. Um, yeah, he's yeah, a. I, I definitely want to catch him. It's like a class act, but also just hilarious in general. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, man, that's cool. I'm sure we could uh, have a few more beers and talk about that <laughs> for a while. Yeah. But we should probably talk a little bit more about your stuff. Um, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I think we covered covered the songs we're gonna slap on here um and then uh you covered as well you're heading back up the east coast so yeah um yeah. doing that and then um well and then in may um this is kind of like the test run of the amtrak tour idea yeah. to see if it's yeah. like feasible like i already know i have like one really bad travel day uh, in my very near future. And it's pretty much getting from Connecticut to, I have it written down somewhere, uh, Connecticut to 
Providence. Um, like, I have to essentially leave the venue after the show in Hartford, Connecticut, and I have to, like, get 40 minutes east to New Haven so that I can catch the Amtrak. Um, mm. That was, like, the biggest hiccup with, like, booking this Amtrak tour. Because, like, you can be like, oh, I want to play a show in Alabama. And then you have the entire state of Alabama to book. And you can kind of throw darts and see what lands. Um, but with an Amtrak tour, it's like, I want to play in uh, Rhode Island. It's like, okay, well, there's, like, these four Amtrak stations. You yeah. can play near near here. Um, so it was kind of limiting in that sense. Like, that's kind of going to be one of the testers on the West Coast in May. Because um, I do want to try and do it on the West Coast as well and go from L.A. up to Seattle. Um, so yeah. we'll see. And Amtrak has already seen my story on Instagram. I know it. Uh, yeah. So, So I'm going to make them, I don't know. Give yeah. me a nicer seat or something. I don't know, man. The more uh, more promotion you can get, any you know, anything and everything, the weirder the better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I think too that was kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do it like this is because I feel like if I was scrolling on YouTube and I saw a video that says I did a music tour by Amtrak Train, I would mm. click on that video. You know. Yeah. Especially if you're gonna have. Uh, you know, like you said, video breakdown afterward. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. Um, you know, I'm trying to... It, it's kind of like an unfortunate truth that, like, content is king. Um, and that's like, when it comes to social media, I'm awful at social media. Like, I will post announcements. I will post show flyers. And I have, like, my show picture that has my show number. Um other than that, I'm really bad at social media. So like TikTok, I have no. I was asking my wife the other night. I was just like, I don't know how to do this at all. Like I'm so. I feel I must feel like what like people felt like when like Facebook started and shit like that. Because I have no idea how to work TikTok. Um, but I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, I'm gonna try and be more content oriented in the new year. Yeah, just more uh, five-second songs, you know? Exactly, yeah. We write really good intros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. But yeah, I mean, that's also another thing that's weird uh, down here in Florida is, like, we have a our, one of our big venues is a place called Revolution, and that's, like, our, uh, I think it's, like, a 1,500-cap venue. And um, there was, like, a period last year for a couple months where like I was seeing like these TikTok artists being booked and selling out like yeah um and I just it's over my head I don't understand it I don't get it at all uh, good video if it gets I'm out too there too old yeah yeah not too old if you're uh, you know learning the, the audio tech side of things then you'll probably figure out TikTok yeah I, I hope, I mean, well, and so, like, going back to, like, video and stuff, like, I did, I do have an interest in doing video, like, I, uh, in high school, I was in, like, TV production and stuff like that, um, I don't know, like, music videos, I'm gonna do a, a couple of those this year, um, but, like, I, I do miss, like, filming, like, 
uh, I guess like skits, like scenes, yeah. stories. I'm not really sure, but um, that's where it's like when we did when we filmed the whole last tour that we did. Uh, I was so on board for that. I was thrilled that we were gonna have. Originally, the idea was we were gonna have a movie, but then we realized we filmed too much and <laughs> we have to like cut it up into episodes. Um, but yeah, so that's something that I, I want to continue experimenting with. I don't know how much I'll, I'll be behind the camera, but even like editing, I could, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind the editing process. I think the film process is, is what bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Sometimes people are the opposite of that. I guess it just depends on, I don't know, personality type. Yeah. Like that's also, it's like one of my things that, cause like we're going to try and film a lot on the Amtrak tour and um, but for a lot of that, I'm going to be alone. And one of the things that I'm like super uncomfortable with is like filming myself and talking to my phone in like public, like, <laughs> or, or even to like a camera. Like, I don't know how like those YouTube people do it where they just like hold a camera and talk to it in the middle of like a crowded area. It yeah. just, it gives me anxiety. So that's another <laughs> thing I got to work on this year. Yeah, it's also like people who can do podcasts where they're just talking. It's not even like a interview or a conversation. Yeah, I've got a one of my buddies um, used to do radio, and whenever he's on a podcast or like a uh, an interview type show, mm-hmm. you could always just be like, you can tell that he worked in radio. Like he knows how to talk in this type of like format, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's 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 eerily good like he should just be a professional like guest on shows yeah makes sense yeah i didn't didn't intend on really starting or doing a podcast but it just seemed relatively easy so it's a cool way to meet people yeah yeah definitely and you know i think that the uptick in like podcasts is like extremely helpful to uh, the music live music community. You know, um, yeah, people can hear about bands they might not have heard of and stuff. So um, we've got a couple good podcasts down here, um, and one of them actually grew to the point where they had a music festival last year, um, and it was like awesome. Like it was amazing. Yeah. Like, we had all these artists out that were on the podcast. It was really cool. Um, yeah, that's really exactly fun. what I uh, did last year. I actually did um, one in Baltimore and then uh, one in Pennsylvania. Oh, all, nice. All just guests from the show. That's sick. Yeah, like that type of thing is awesome. You know, how... Uh, yeah. It's another thing. Like I was not like a podcast person at first. I had to yeah. find like some podcasts that I liked, and then like music podcasts. I started to find as, um, as I started to get more into listening to them, and yeah, I think like they're it's it's a great format to help uh, smaller bands or even bigger bands. Like even bigger bands are doing, you know, podcast interviews. And yeah, I mean, uh gotta say like uh, i think probably the best music podcast i know of right now is uh andy frasco's and uh i don't know if you've heard of him but Mm-mm. it uh it's called the world saving podcast i think i found it just because i thought the title was funny but um 
the dude's just entertaining and I've like become a fan of his music just because it's like it's different it's actually yeah. kind of unusual for like a front man I feel like of a band to kind of be outgoing and just interview all sorts of other artists and stuff so yeah I like yeah. I like having that mentality you know definitely yeah I that's it's another thing that like because I had thought of like oh maybe I should do like a podcast or something but I was just like I can't do it like I can't I'm not I'm not a great interviewer um and that's another thing where like the shake they have their they have a podcast called the shake cast which is essentially they just record they just record their practice and like um, like or they're like banter yes so there so there's music they'll play like a song or two but um akila the drummer and joe their bass player are essentially 2023 Cheech and Chong and um they're just hilarious and like for instance in one of the clips we released for the uh upcoming episodes of the tour um we were in Washington DC and um I was like oh like I'll try and get us a White House tour and so I got we're in the RV and I call like you have to call your like congressman and I call I call the congressman and I was like hey like we're we're a band (laughs) <laughs> and um, and he was like, I don't know if I can do a White House tour, but let me see about a Capitol tour. Um, and he, he's like, I got to put you on hold. I was like, okay. So he puts me on hold, and Akila from The Shake just starts losing his mind, literally just yelling lines from Cheech and Chong. Yep. Um, and then like I had this whole phone call on speakerphone for the camera that was there, and the guy came back on the line and just hears just – <laughs> screaming and eventually like i just hold the phone up and i say you're not gonna let us into the Capitol," and i hang up um yeah so that's essentially you know they're just they're characters and so like but um back to the point was that ricky was saying that more people listen to the podcast than listen to the shake um which he finds interesting uh yeah i think it's just uh you never know how things are going to shake out. New pun intended. But, you know, just like the more stuff you're doing, like the more different like yeah. little markets you can sort of tap into, I feel like the better. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I've had this idea, and I don't know how practical it would be, but to essentially target every platform individually when it comes to releases, like... Um, Essentially, I would have a couple songs only on Spotify, a couple songs only on YouTube, a couple songs like I don't know how practical it would be, um, but it definitely it seems that like Spotify is kind of like monopolizing almost where it's uh, most people like even for bookings now it's just send me your Spotify link. Yeah, um, it's crazy. So. I don't know. I I think everybody, at least that I've been in, in chats with, as far as like next releases, because we're we are thinking already about album three, um, and you know like the the shakes doing a different type type of release. Um, my bass player Rocky also plays in a, another band called Nineteen Eighty Three. They're doing a different style release. So um, 
I think everybody's itching to try something other than just hope for good Spotify numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like the vinyl route, um, and, and I hope that they sell, and I hope people, like, listen to them. Because that's kind of, like, the thing. Like, I have CDs, and I'm, like, I'll still put them out on the merch table and stuff. Um, but about 90% of the time when somebody buys a CD, I know full stop that they're never going to listen to it. That <laughs> it's more well, just that they want to show support. Yeah, but it's still, know? like, a piece of merch or whatever something physical yeah. people can actually get yeah bad. and that and that's where it's like you know like i'll like i have signed my fair share of like cds that i've sold and stuff and and um like i like having them um but i do want to have the option for like people who actually would want to listen to the album want them to be able to do that so uh, that's where I think vinyl will be cool. We also did just do this thing. I don't have any in here. Um, we did this thing called it's um, a new thing down here in Florida called Long Live the Scene, and we just put out a uh, compilation cassette tape of um, I think it's like six local bands. My band's on it. Uh, the Shakes on it. A few other local bands. Um, and yeah, it's literally it's a cassette tape. And we've actually sold quite a few of them. Nice. Um, so we're thinking we're thinking of doing some like special releases when it comes to cassettes as well. Yeah, I feel like maybe I'm just a little old school or whatever. But from the bands I've noticed, like kind of do well around here, it just seems like I don't know. They just build up community, you know. Yeah. Through their own uh, friends and fans and and everybody kind of like eventually. Sometimes it's a genre-based thing, I guess, you know? Yeah. But sometimes it's just, like, just that community factor, however you however you go about it. As long as, like, everybody feels like they're a part of it, that can kind yeah. of grow something and uh, help people, you know, I guess, yeah. share audiences or whatever, too. So Yeah, definitely. Well, and it's something that, like, when it comes to, like, genre, uh, you know, like, down here in Florida, you know, everybody's in a reggae band. Right. Not me, though. I'm not a giant reggae fan. And that, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's hurt hurt me, um, but there's definitely um, a bigger market down here when oh, it comes yeah, to reggae. Sure. And that's when we went up to the Northeast and uh, we were playing shows where, like, it was like, oh, shit, like, we fit in here. Um yeah. That was, that was, uh, I don't want to say alarming, but it was definitely something we took note of. Um, and partly probably why I, I want to go back so soon, because um, that tour was in September, and now we're going back. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's definitely, it's something where I realized, or at least I think, that my best course of action um, is like, I like to travel and play shows. Um, so I'm going to do that and I'm going to do that really hard to the point where I'm going back to places and calling up people that I met the first time and being like, Hey, I'm back in town. Come to the show, you know? Um, and like, I have like, um, uh, I try and be goal oriented. So like one of my goals is to play in a show in all 50 States. And like, I have like a map in my wallet at all times that has like the states that I've played in like checked off and stuff. 
Um, and I think that like doing it that way, um, I'm going to have to pass through some states again and I'm going to meet more people and be able to share. Cause that's the, that's the end game all the time is I want to share my music with new people. Yeah. And, and traveling is, is a really cool way to do it. It's, it's, you know, I love, um, my group of friends and people who come to my shows down here locally. Like that's awesome. And it means the world to me. Um, but I like to travel and I like to tour and I, I hope to expand on that aspect of uh, my musical career. Right on. Well, it sounds like you're on the right track again. Yeah. No uh, terrible, bad pun intended, but uh, you know, the am track. Um, but I usually kind of wind these things down, I guess, you know, we're about uh, 45 minutes in. So I don't know if you want to kind of get in some, uh, some shout outs or uh anything like that where we yeah definitely um you know the the shake uh i think you could find them on all their handles are the shake fl um i tour manage them uh ricky my drummer is their lead singer they're an awesome band um and then there is a pro there's a place down here called live music community they are super awesome at helping teach kids down here in our area um about how to play music and stuff like that so they're kind of raising the next generation of south florida bands so um check them out i don't i honestly don't think they need money but they always need uh instruments they're doing like these instrument donations and stuff um and then yeah i guess just um check out the tour you know we'll be in the northeast um Maybe we'll try and come to Baltimore soon. We were we we went through Baltimore. Um, we didn't have a show in Baltimore, but Baltimore is actually um, like a gorgeous city to hang out in. Like I, I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. Um, well, that's but, got a reputation. Yeah, uh, but but you know, fuck, so does Florida. I guess I shouldn't judge yeah. any other states. Um, but yeah, we, we had a great day in Baltimore. Uh, english literature nerd so uh we got some electric scooters and went and like saw edgar Allan poe's grave and stuff um, nice yeah cool city but um but yeah you yeah. know that's pretty much my plan for the year i'm gonna be playing shows and uh keeping a move right on well obviously text me if you're playing uh dc or baltimore or whatever i'll see if i can definitely uh, make it on out and oh, then, yeah, um i should be able to edit this I don't know. I'm usually a little backlogged uh, in episodes, um, so probably like, you know, a couple weeks or something like that. Cool. And uh, good to me. All right, man. I guess I'll uh, I'll text you whenever I I do uh, have an update on it. Awesome. Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, dude. Hopefully, uh, we'll cross paths sometime. For sure, man. Have a good night. See you. So, yeah, I want to thank Dominic for coming on the show, and thank you for listening. The song that you're hearing in the background is called Haunted Halls, and you can check it out wherever you stream music. See you. I miss these haunted halls under which I've buried a version of myself. I hope he doesn't come back. I hope he rots in hell. Let the ghosts follow me home and tug at the walls of my brain. I hope he rots in hell. Hope I'm not the same Because I might not make it back I've been
been here twice before The times I lost track Trying to keep score It's a losing game Why do I play? It's a losing game And the rules constantly change Because I might not make it back Been here twice before The times I lost track Trying to keep score It's a losing game So why do I play? It's a losing game And the rules constantly change Game. Not part of 